Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. You gotta snag Hefty's Ultra Strong Trash Bag. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. It has Arm & Hammer odor control, so your nose and your wallet will be... Happy, happy, happy. Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Hefty Strong, all day long. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Introducing the SD Podcast channel, your one stop source for all types of podcasts. We are always on the look for new podcasts to join our channel. If there is any topic you would like to discuss, contact us now. We could be reached on all social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram. You can also contact us by email or leave us a voicemail at 516-570-9248. So make sure to contact us now so you can start your podcast soon. With a vengeance! Welcome to episode 205 of the SND Podcast Show. Steven is here. Vin and Dan on the other side tonight. What's going on, boys? Not much. How's it going? Can't complain. Pretty boring couple of weeks in sports since the... Uh, yeah, we hit that low. And now we're just, uh, we're you that, know, we're trying to... We're in that to... February low. And you know what? I was talking to somebody at work about this. And it's literally, you get that low of February. And then March Madness brings you back into it. Yeah, it pretty much. It, it's un, it's usually a little more exciting when the hockey teams are good, but both the hockey teams and be, all the basketball teams are struggling. So it's yeah, the know. double. I've been watching the Devils a lot lately, and even uh, they're struggling. Yeah, but Hall is Hall has had like this crazy point streak, so that's been mm. pretty interesting. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Olympics has been blah. Um, We're gonna talk about the Olympics big, in a little bit. Yeah, if you want to watch a figure skating every night then you're excited i I think i turned doesn't everybody i I turned it on once i think and i it was figure skating and every time i looked up i thought they were just showing the same dance routine over and over i I didn't it just looked all the same it was very confusing yeah every every night i turn it on see hopefully you get something i watched snowboarding which was pretty cool but everything else was the sean white stuff was cool watching sean white was pretty dope yeah, yeah I, I actually got pumped. I actually got pumped when I was like, oh, shit, let's go. He knows what he has to do, and he pulled it off. So that was pretty cool. That was the best part so far. Um, we said we were going to get into the Olympics. So uh, we're going to well, jump... do some plugs first. Let's plug some stuff okay. first. We got, uh, we got iTunes, Google Play, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all other podcast apps, snblog.com. A lot of new stuff coming up. Joey's back with his baseball stuff, of course. Um, we're actually going to have Rich on again. Rich McLeod, right? That's how you say it? Yes. Rich McLeod. From, uh, from formerlycommunity.com. Right, and we're going to talk to him in a little bit. Um, tonight, because, you know, it's baseball season. He's a big baseball guy, so we like to have him on. Uh, we'll definitely talk to Justin about getting him on again soon. Of course, Joe's going to... Definitely come on soon. Talk some Yankee baseball with us. We got some other people inside the MLB network that we're uh, we're working on getting on our show as well. Um, but that's for baseball. So we got about a, a couple weeks till we really go full baseball. Um, what else we got? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all social media. Make sure you're following us. Jay's Week in Wrestling, Weissman Nas, uh, of course, the Sarasso and the Beard every week as well. Uh, with that being said. Let's get into the leadoff. Leading off. Leading off. All right, so we kind of talked a little bit of the Olympics before, and I will be completely honest, I have no interest in the Olympics this year. Uh, basically similar to the Summer Olympics, there's really just no interest to me. Uh, you know, I'll watch those couple things, like during the summer I'll watch Phelps if he's, if he's still racing. I don't even know if he's going to be in the next one. He usually says he's not. No, I, I don't know where he just shows done. up and wins 100 gold medals. Um, you know, I was watching a little Sean White on the slopes with the snowboarding. I did watch the USA check game the other night uh, going to a shootout because, you know, it is the medal round, so I kind of wanted to see what happened. Uh, USA did lose, but, you know, it's it's not as interesting as it would be if, you know, the professional athletes are in it. And I get the... We were talking about this a little bit off the air. I get the, you know, what's the point? Because, you know, 
four years ago or even eight years ago, USA Canada was in the gold medal game. People that don't even watch, you know, hockey are tweeting about the Olympics. And then I don't know where they don't even know what hockey is anymore. So it's like, I know, Dan, you mentioned it. It's kind of like, you know, they get better notoriety, but it's just for the week. Now nobody's going to, it doesn't equal more money for the NHL because they're not seeing these fans that are rooting for your country, rooting for the USA players who are playing well to keep moving to in the actual league. Like people just don't care. It's like the World Cup in soccer. We who watches soccer outside the World Cup, you know, other than those crazy diehard soccer fans. That's just my my view on See, it. I I I'm going to I'm going to disagree. They first of all, they've been trying to grow the sport. Whether you think it can happen or not, it's a good idea to try to grow the sport. They went I forgot, I think they went to China. To, to play a, an exhibition game. They've this been season. to China. They've been to Sweden. They've been to Czech. They've been everywhere. Right. So if you're going to try the, to grow the game, you're going to have to go to these places. North Korea is one of these, you know, wherever this is, South Korea, I don't know. Um, the last two Olympics, 2010 and, and 2014, to me created stars. Like in 2010, People still, Ryan Miller's still getting contracts off that run he had in 2010 that got them to the gold medal game. And TJ Oshie became a star after that whole shootout thing. Even though they got completely obliterated their next two games, it didn't even matter. People remembered that sh- the shootout performance. So, uh, to me, I think, I mean, I get why they didn't go. It doesn't, the league doesn't directly make money off of it. But I think there's a trickle-down effect. And... Let's be honest. If Johnny didn't get hurt last time, they would be there right now. But Johnny got hurt, and Garth Snow made a big stink about it. And then, and the league's like, you know, if we don't have to pay and stop our league to send our players there, you know, we don't. If we don't have to, why would we? And now we're saying we're using this big player getting hurt as an excuse. That's just funny. Well, that also comes back to it because think about how much money the league lost due to the Islanders. They were playing pretty well that year, going into the. The Olympic break, granted, they weren't supposed to be going anywhere that season at all. But, you know, just think if, you know, maybe Johnny was around the rest of the season. Mm. Now that's another New York team, you know, a big market team that has a chance to go to a playoff run. You know, you never know what could happen. It certainly certainly screwed the Islanders up because then they had to trade Vanek and they got nothing for him. And, you know, that kind of spiraled out of control. Yeah. Danny, what do you think? See, it's like a double-edged sword, like both of you guys said. Obviously, we understand what Steve's saying with that. But this is why, out of the four major sports, hockey is the last in the fourth four major sports of building the game. Um, Obviously, it stinks that JT got hurt four years ago, and that's probably what led the NHLers not to be there. But all the NHLers, there should have been a cause of... If you want to play in the Olympics, go ahead. But you are signing a clause saying if you do get hurt, uh, your contract will be null void for the rest of the year or how long your injury should be. Uh, I'm sure the player union would probably say no to that. But It already but, is. If a player gets hurt, it's the Olympic committee that's got to pay the insurance. The NHL doesn't okay. pay for the player. Okay. It, but, happened with, it happened with JT. But Dan's saying, if the league, he's saying they should have, like, the Russians were saying they were just going to go. OVM, Exa- Exactly. Fuck it, we're just going to go. If you want to go, oh, then you're suspended or something <laughs> or whatever. Right. I think you, the NHL should have, all right, if that's what you want to do, if you want to play for your country, so be it. But. Make sure you know the repercussions if, God forbid, something stupid happened that you're going to have to pay for that situation to rise. Um, they did a terrible job of promoting hockey. Granted, it was at 10 o'clock at night, most nights, or 7 a.m. in the morning when no one knows is either going to work or going to bed. Or I know it's tough being in Korea, but it was on last night's game was on CNBC. You couldn't tell me that they couldn't have moved. Excuse me. When I was watching last night, they had the figure skating on both NBC and, M- and Sp- NBC Sportsnet. You mean to tell me that because NHL- that was that was more of a 
Oh, that was metal. Right, but those are also metal things. But that's what I'm saying. But other years, that would be on and and uh, Fox, the sports, the sports network. You know that. This so that, was that NHL was, yeah. Like that, they did a poor job of actually promoting. No one knew what was going on. So that's that's a pretty much on everybody. But honestly, with the last two weeks, with the Rangers and Islanders stinking up the joint. Wouldn't have been a big deal for either team that the NHLers did go to the Olympics, to be honest. But yeah, I completely agree. I didn't. This was funny. I didn't know the Olympics were starting until the Super Bowl when they had the commercial for it. I was oh, like, oh, yeah. they start exactly. this week. Okay, good, great. I exactly. I, and I, like I said, I've watched five minutes, and it was some figures. I would, I would put it on sporadically on Channel Four since I always have Channel Four on routinely for news where the issues so i'm like all right tonight's x y and z all right let's see oh great it's figure skating again that's what boiled it down like whenever i watched every every snowboarding event that was pretty cool curling was kind of cool the first couple days and then after like the fourth day i was like all right i'm over it already and i watched one period last night one of the things for me is i don't know when anything's on like I would just rather, like if you like if they had some kind of I guess they have a schedule, but if they uh, the times are bad, I would watch the gold like the medal rounds of pretty much any like the speed skating or whatever. But even maybe it's just the Olympics in general because even during the summer, like I know they have the NBA players, I but think, I know I the NBA. I know the America's going to win the basketball in the summer Olympics. It really doesn't matter. Like swimming's interesting and stuff, but. Yeah, I, I think the summer games are more interesting because there are more sports that we've known, and they're like okay, and America's actually better in them as well. So I think that also has a lot to do with it as it as well, because obviously I think they're fourth or fifth in medal medal competition. I don't know off the top of my head, but USA would be number one or number two or number three in the summer. In the summer. So I also- think. The, the the NBC and the Olympics did fumble a lot. Also, curling is cool. Curling is pretty cool. It's pretty funny it's pretty to much, watch a curling challenge on like Facebook now. Like, then it's uh it's pretty much like bocce ball. Yeah, very much like bocce ball, which is always fun. When you can't take steroids for bocce ball, but you can take steroids for curling. Apparently, duh. <laughs> God, I mean, these Russians, these Russians will take steroids, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Pretty much. Like apparently, the steroid he took like is something that's supposed to get, put more oxygen in your lungs or whatever. I was like, this guy gets tired <laughs> sweeping. <laughs> this guy gets tired cleaning yeah, his man. house. So he needs to take steroids. To I mean, this is just unbelievable. Yeah. So this is what happens when the NHLers stink, the NBA All Star Game, and the Nets and Knicks stink. Hey, but the Mets and Yankees are in spring training. Uh, we're going to have a daily batting practice live show between Stanton and Judge. Hippie sarcasm. Um, honestly, I know it's cool, but they got to just let these guys play. And Scott Judge is not that guy. Yeah, he's a power hitter, but he doesn't go to BP to hit bombs. So that's going to be crazy. Um, it's going to get tiring real quick. And it's going to be drama-filled real quick if some stu- something stupid happens because of it. Well, let's take a break, and we're going to come back after a little more with a vengeance by Division 1.1 with Rich, and we'll talk baseball after this. All right, welcome back to episode 205 of the SD Podcast Show. Welcoming on our uh, our friend Rich McLeod. Rich, how are we doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Can't Great. complain. Thanks baseball for coming season. On. Yeah, we're happy. Baseball season is finally here. Um, let's get right into it. What are your thoughts on this wacky off season we've had just around the league? Yeah, it's been kind of. I mean, it's kind of weird. You know, I. I'm not there anymore, but I, you know, I've been with Major League Baseball for the last three years. So every off season we had, you know, most of the free agents or the trades are done by first couple weeks of January. And we, you know, while we had things to do, it was just 
it was so strange that we got into deep into February with all these guys still on the board and like the possibility of any guy getting signed at any moment and it just felt like it was never going to happen and then finally the last I'd say week or so is when for whatever reason maybe it was the Drew Darvish thing maybe spring training actually starting and guys getting nervous but uh, it seems like there's finally been some traction and I don't you know I know that some of the players said there might be collusion and I don't think that that was ever a thing and you look at the contracts that are going out and I think the players are getting pretty fair deals now even after waiting so I don't think that that was an issue I'm not sure uh, what caused all these delays but it looks like it's coming to an end yeah thank god we can get back to I mean talking about some kind of baseball I, at first I, I don't know you I thought everybody's kind of waiting on JD Martinez he seemed like the biggest fish but it was just sitting there, like we were discussing it the other day. That seemed like a whole waste of everybody's time. That like it was him and Darvish. Yeah, he was going to go to the Red Sox the whole time, and it was like, can we just get this over with so that other people can sign? Yeah, um, and you know, his just you know, his isn't even official yet. It just happened the other day. I his, I don't know what to make of that i mean the reports are that he got had the same offer from the red sox for the last three four months and neither side was budging and then finally it looks like jd martinez blinked all those reports that they front-loaded the deal which is what they weren't originally going to do so maybe that was what did it but uh yeah i mean you kept thinking every time that something actually happened you thought this is the move that's gonna free everything up. This is what's going to get everything going. I thought the Giancarlo Stanton trade was when everything was going to happen because why would you sign a big outfielder if you could maybe get Stanton? And that happened, and then there was still three months of basically nothing. So I don't know if there was much of people waiting as much as you'd see in the past. It just seemed like nobody was getting paid for whatever reason until now. So if we told you back in December, like early part of December, that the Mets would be the team that made the most noise during free agency, would you even believe us? Uh, well, first off, no. <laughs> and I don't know if I would agree that they've made the most noise. They're the only team that's actually signed more than one guy. Uh, I mean, technically, I would say the Angels had the most active and best offseason i they the problem is everybody there's a recency bias in sports the angels basically made all of their moves within the first like three weeks of free agency so by now everybody forgets about it but you know they they re-signed justin upton who was a free agent to a hundred million dollar contract and he's still very good you know they got shohei otani they got Zach Cozart to play third base. You know, they still have Mike Trout. They got Ian Kinsler in the trade. I think that they did a, a, the best job of any of these teams. Uh, however, I the Mets still did more than I thought that they were going to do entering the offseason. Uh, I'm not giving them a round of applause for that because I, I still don't think I still think that they cut corners in certain areas, but they definitely did more than I thought that they were going to just because my expectations were so low. Yeah, like like a lot of people were joking, they did not go to, like, they they went to Target instead of, like, going to, like, Lord and Taylor, Macy's type <laughs> of thing. That's the best way to put it. It was still not a bad free agency. Of course, Mets Twitter is going up in arms on oh my god, we got this guy, or why did we get this guy sort of thing. Mm. Hopefully, the Mets stay healthy this year, and they can find a way to contend for, hopefully, dare I say, a division, or a wild way. What, what's your impressions so far for the first week at uh, Mets camp? Just being around, uh, hearing through Twitter. Not, and Not counting the shark hunting trip? Oh, well... <laughs> it was actually pretty awesome to see our manager catch a shark, and then Right. A uh, prospect that we never heard of took a picture, then that blew up in yeah. everybody's face. Which shouldn't have been a big deal, but of course, with that guy's name in it, it's anybody's going to go crazy for it. So, yeah. but, so what, uh, what do you aside, think? Aside from that mess, um, I do like what he's had to say. 
I like the different approach. And I honestly think above anything else that he's going to know how to manage a major league bullpen. And I was, I, to be fair, I was a fan of Terry Collins for the most part the last few seasons. However, his by far his biggest weakness was managing a bullpen. And I think there were multiple times over the years where he made some really strange decisions on bringing certain guys in or leaving guys in too long. And I don't think that you're going to see that nearly as much uh, with Mickey Calloway. And I do think that that's going to make some, I mean, not a huge difference, but it's going to make somewhat of a difference. One of the best things that did happen with that was I think that the fact that Familia is embracing the whole entire situation. Like, he's actually coming out and publicly saying, yeah, we need to win the game in the seventh inning, not the ninth inning. You know, mm-hmm. without the seventh inning, there is no ninth inning. So he's kind right. of embracing the whole, all right, he's not a closer. We're going to do it. We're going to see who's the hottest at the time. Yeah, it's a very, uh, I guess you could call it a new school way of thinking, but we've seen it more the last few years, especially where Mickey Calloway came from, the Cleveland Indians. They did this, I think, more than anybody, where you saw playoff games, uh, especially in 2016 when they made the run of the World Series. You saw Andrew Miller come out for the fifth and the sixth innings, and he was by far their best relief pitcher. But those were the moments where Terry Francona and probably Mickey Calloway thought that that was when the game was on the line. Those are the most important moments. That's when you use your biggest pieces so that you can get to the later innings. And I think that you're going to see more of that. I think that it's an interesting way of thinking, and I, I am excited to see... The fact that, you know, there won't be many situations where, you know, the bullpen, a bunch of guys are off that night or have been used already and the Mets lose because Hansel Robles gave up a home run in the eighth because you were waiting for Jerry's Familia for the ninth. I don't think you're going to see that. And I think that that'll be uh, interesting to watch. And I think it'll be positive. So we, we mentioned the what we thought was a middling off season for the Mets. What are your thoughts on, on, you know, how they can, how the season's going to, I guess, turn out for them. You think they have, they're at least playoff contenders. I think that they are playoff contenders, but I think that there's even after an off season where they made, I believe six moves, they still have way too many question marks or ifs to answer. You know, if they're healthy, if the pitching staff stays healthy, and if the pitching staff performs. Last year when the guys were healthy, for the most part, they were terrible. You know, Steven Matz and the few starts that he made was awful. Matt Harvey was terrible the whole year, and you can argue that both guys were dealing with injuries the entire season. But still, there is there has not been really any proof, aside from Jacob deGrom, over the last year or so, that any of these guys can stay healthy or perform when they're on the field. So that there's huge ifs there. There's still an if from their best position player, who's Jonas Cespedes. He's been dealing with major leg issues the last two years, so we have to see if he stays healthy, if Michael Conforto can come back from a really bizarre but major injury to his shoulder uh we don't even know when he's going to be back that team's saying may but if you know mets fans know that original you know return dates never wind out wind up working out for this team you know if his dribble cabrera stays healthy he's been banged up the last few years and he's only getting older if Travis darno stays healthy and if he hits when he is healthy you know, you don't know what Kevin Ploiecki is. Yeah, he had a nice September last year, but the rest of his career is 200 hitter that pounded the ball into the dirt all the time. You know, there's a lot of ifs on this roster even after a full off season. And you know, if everything goes well and they have this magical lucky season, then I think that they could do something somewhat major. But there's every reason to believe that that's not going to happen and that what happened in 2016 and what happened last year can happen again because at this you know at the same rate the average age of the f- six free agents that they brought in this offseason is 33 years old they're not a young team 
and everyone is now a year older from last year, and you don't get healthier as you age. So the odds of them staying healthy and performing are less uh, at this point. All right, you did mention that they're an older team, but they do have two young younger players in Ahmed Rosario and hopefully Dom Smith if he has a good spring training. What do you what do you want to see out of these two young guys to be able to have a better year one and a half since they only came up midway through August? What do you what do you think for their first full season out of both of these players you would want to expect to have? Well, I definitely like to see Ahmed Rosario get on base more. Um, when in a little bit that we saw him last year, and even in the minor leagues before that, he's never really walked much, and he's going to be the guy with by far the most speed on this team, and I think that you would love to eventually let him be the leadoff hitter, but at the same rate, and this was in a small sample size, he had a 271 on base percentage last year, which is not going to cut it in the leadoff spot. It's not going to cut it in the nine hole. You know, he, he has to get better at, you know, seeing the ball, getting on base, whether it's by walk or the hit, but he's going to have to do a little bit better with that than last year. You know, his bat did not, uh, translate in the 40 or so games that he came up, but he's still really, really young. I think that he's going to, I do think that he'll blossom, uh, whether it not we see that fully this year or just in increments is yet to be seen. Um, and I, we all know how good he is with the glove aside from a few errors in the field last year. I do think that he's going to be a premier defender at shortstop, which they have not had uh, since Jose Reyes' first stint with the team. As for Dom Smith, I don't even know. It sounds like he could hit 500 with seven home runs this spring and still get sent to the minor leagues because they brought in Adrian Gonzalez, and it seems like there's not much that Adrian Gonzalez could do aside from get hurt or become involved in some kind of scandal that would lead to him not being the first baseman on opening day, which to me is disappointing because, you know, we'll see how it translates on the field, but Dom Smith has come into spring training looking like he's in amazing shape, uh, thinner than I've ever seen him. So if he was able, if he were to perform this spring, you know, hit well, defend well, which he did not do at the major leagues last year, which I thought was really alarming because you He's always been good with the glove. Uh, if he were to do those things and Adrian Gonzalez were to not play well and they would still give the job to Gonzalez, I think that would be a little disappointing. Not only from the fan perspective, I think that Smith would be disappointed and you know who knows how he would react going back to Las Vegas, uh, muddling it out in AAA when he did everything he needed to do to win the job in spring training. So we'll have to see how that goes as well. Do you think there's any possibility where they both end up on the team and Adrian's here more of a, a leadership role than off-the-bench, lefty-bat leadership role type thing? No. Um, Adrian Gonzalez has never been known for his positive clubhouse influence or being a leader. He's If, if Dominic Smith makes the team, Adrian Gonzalez is going to be released because that is a guy who's going to demand to be released, and if he's not, you know, probably will make a stink of it until he is, and at $500,000 and 36 years old, there's really no point in having a bench bat that's going to cause more trouble than he's worth. So I think if Dom Smith makes the team, that Gonzalez is going to be gone, but I don't think that that's even going to happen. I think Adrian Gonzalez is going to be the first day uh, the first baseman on opening day. Um, they so switching back to like the overall league a little bit. There was a report today about a possible pace of play uh, initiative. At this, that was just a rumor about how they're going to let anybody bat in the ninth inning or something like that. It, it was a dead. so it's going to be like T.J. Oshie in the Olympics, like four years ago. Got it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the, the size says it all. What are your thoughts in general on pace of play? 
I think pace of play is a big issue. I don't think that Major League Baseball has done the proper things to expedite the pace of play. Uh, the shorter inning breaks is nice, but that's really not going to make a big difference. The big difference is, you know, the mound visits, which they're going to try to address this year. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but the so many pitching changes they make, and I'm not saying you limit the pitching changes, but as someone who's watched hundreds and hundreds of baseball games all around the league the last three years for their job, I can tell you that games are getting longer. They're getting, you know, staler and more stagnant and lots of starting and stopping. And I do think that eventually the pitch clock will be here. And I do think that that's going to make a difference, but I don't think anything else that they do shy of that is going to make a big impact. And the, the, Rumor about letting whoever you want to hit in the ninth inning or extra innings or whatever is one of the dumbest ideas I've ever heard. <laughs> so you're saying it's dumber than to put the guy on second base in the 11th I inning? Think, I think that they're basically as dumb as each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I tweeted today, you get to that point where it's like, why even have a batting order the whole game? You just let everybody hit the whole time and... You know, it'll be like one of those extended spring training games where you put the top of the order up every time. Yeah, you know, Mike Trout will go 0 for 18 in a game once, you know. <laughs> That'll kill some batting averages. Because then what's, you know, when does it stop? You know, he he hits first, and then when he strikes out, he just stays up, and he hits second too. You know, if, if he hits a double, can you put in a pinch runner and then Trout gets to hit again and drive his own run in? Like, how does that work? Does he get two RBIs for that? I, yeah, <laughs> but does he get the run scored and the RBI? I have no, I don't, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a slope that they really, really shouldn't go down. And I, it, I don't think that they will, but, ugh. Man, <laughs> <laughs> basically the Yankees will just sit there and put Stan and Judge on a loop. They don't even. They wouldn't even have to use it. Their lineup is so stacked. Don't forget about Sanchez and Bird if he's healthy. I mean that team is. I don't know how good they're going to be. They're probably going to be pretty damn good, but that team is going to rake. <laughs> they're going to be able to hit, but can they limit the run limit to the for the other teams? Is the question. Man, they just have to get through the fifth. <laughs> You don't want to, you know, you don't want to lean on it too much over the course of an entire regular season, but that seems to be pretty damn good, unfortunately, for Mets fans. I mean, we're just used to it at this point. Yeah, the rebuilding lasted three months. <laughs> and they weren't even that bad when they rebuilt. They weren't even bad. The Mets took nine years. Oh, I don't know how much you pay attention to hockey, but if you're an Islander fan, Rich, um, it's been, <laughs> what, I think like 15 yeah, they've been rebuilding, so. Yeah, not an Islander fan, but they did have the, those couple playoff uh, appearances the last few years, and didn't they win a playoff series finally the last It only took years? 23 years to do that, but yeah. Yeah, two seasons ago. Start, some, start somewhere. Gotta start somewhere. It's okay. The best player is leaving in July, so it's okay. Oh. <laughs> Uh, that should be fun so anyway let's switch gears to fantasy a little bit since you know a lot of drafts are coming up um so who are those like you know in your eyes not the like you know the trouts and the bellingers who we know that are going to rake but those guys you don't know that you think could actually show up for fantasy this year and kind of you know those inexpensive fan duel guys oh man that's a tough question eh? um (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, you got to look at, like, the guys who can kind of do everything, I guess. And, you know, I think, I mean, this isn't one of those guys, I guess, but uh, he, he always seems to be perpetually underrated. And I think Jonathan Scope is, like, one of those guys who he's, he, he hits, like, 270, 280 every year, you know, 25, 30 home runs, good amount of RBIs, and, like, at second base, I think he's a really underrated player that probably wouldn't cost you too too much in fantasy. I, I'm not a huge fantasy baseball guru, um, so who know, I mean maybe that guy's a projected first round pick in every draft, and I sound like an idiot. I don't know, <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, and then, you know, the fantasy guys, you know, who I've always listened to, they always take huge stock into guys who are fast. You know, Trey Turner was pretty, like, I don't want to say mediocre. He's better than mediocre. But Trey Turner was nothing special last year. And all I've heard is that he's, like, a top five lock for fantasy this year based on just what he can potentially do even after a year where he wasn't that great. All right. Um, so you're not really into the fantasy baseball? Because we do have a spot in our league. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll play it, you know, but I, to, you know, to come up with fantasy sleeper names on the spot is probably not my uh, forte, I suppose. All right. Well, uh, Rich, thank you for joining us. Um, good luck with the new gig. Hope everything works out well. Thank you. And uh, hopefully we get a good baseball season. Yeah, I think it will be better than 27, or uh, yeah, 2017. <laughs> we'll definitely bring you back on during the season, catch up a little bit and see what's going on. Yeah, hopefully uh, the whole pitching staff is not on the DL at that point. At that point, we'll be pitching out of left field. They'll have that. They'll have the uh, select a seat game. You know, mm-hmm. and that guy gets to pitch. Well, oh maybe, boy, maybe it will be worse than 2017. <laughs> yeah. right? let, let's not. Let's let's. It's March. Let's be somewhat positive. It's February. It's not even March. Yet. I know. That's the scary thing. <laughs> and you're writing on the Mets. Is that uh, baseball perspectives? Yes. So we'll look uh, we'll look forward to that and uh, thanks a lot. Thanks, thank Rick. you. All right, welcome back to the SD podcast. You just listened to With a Vengeance. Uh, th- once again, thank you, Rich, for coming on talking a little baseball. It's so nice to have baseball back. And something daily. Games actually start on Friday, so that's crazy to even think about. Yes. Uh, yes, now Ben and I know what we're going to listen to on the way to I, answer. I do love the kind of <laughs> troll move by the Mets to start Wheeler game one after he complained about not being going into the bullpen. Well, when he gives up 10 runs, yeah. they'll have no reason to not. Um, they'll be but, like, you want to start here? Congratulations, start. Honestly, though, uh, between him and... Harvey, either one of them, if they get moved to the pen, our team is going to be so much better if they stay healthy. Um, Yeah. It's just one of those things. We do agree that it's just a matter of time until Jacob gets announced opening day, right? Oh, Oh, yeah. Jacob is going opening day. He's earned it. He earned it. I mean, I understand. I still think Noah's a better pitcher. Him and his aerodynamic hair. I I can't stand it. But (laughs) Um, another thing... um, it was either Brian Ernie or Evan, both great Met follows, but I forgot which nerdy, which nerd uh, said this more. Uh, that it should like if you, if Noah pitches the third game, like well, hopefully the uh, they face the third team starting pitcher, so that would help him out start the season off on a better note uh, than last year. So that would be cool. Um, but it's going to be interesting to say. Um, I couldn't believe the other day that uh, Sandy Olsen said that Tim Tebow might First be off, getting it. You know what would be the time. biggest troll move ever by Mickey Calloway? Since he said there is no official closer, let Jerry's familiar start opening day. Okay, that would be weird. <laughs> well, yeah, it would be like, we don't have a closer, so we're just going to let him pitch the first I, inning. I, I'm confident <laughs> in the rotation this year. I think going into the year, we needed two of the three oft-injured guys to be good. Now we only need one, I think. You slot Vargas in three, and if either Mats or Wheeler or Harvey pitches like they can and is healthy, then we'll be fine. Yeah, um, and I, th- I, think, I think when it boils it down, I think Familia will still end up closing more games than not. Oh, I, I have no doubt. But I think this is more spring training talk. And then, yeah, that'd be nice if we need him to pitch a, in the seventh inning for a couple outs. Then that's great, too. But I, I, I we'll see what happens with that. It really come come here or there. Like, we'll see what the situation brings type of thing. 
Well, well, Rich, yes. Rich said it the best, though. Not to butt in here, but Rich said it the best. Yeah. Callaway literally used Andrew Miller perfectly to a T. Well, and then saw a, him but, get hurt last season. Yes. So he's well, not going to make that mistake again. Well, that's the thing. We say that we talk about that, and while Andrew Miller is the better pitcher, Cody Allen was used as a closer. He had like 30 saves last year. He was very yeah, clearly a closer. Right, yes. but also when you think about it, Andrew Miller was hurt a lot of last year. Right, and and, and Familia is not a multi-inning guy. And he, I mean, I'm sure he'll learn that quick. That's not Familia's thing. We're going to well, have to find someone else to be the multi-inning guy. We'll have to find Sandy, someone. And hopefully it and won't then, be Robles. Oh, God, no. I, I hope that they, there's, they keep talking about this, like, sh- uh, basically shuttling guys back and forth in the minors when they kind of need, you know, extra bullpen help or whatever. I really am interested to see what they have in these guys they traded for last year. Yeah, like, they were, they're pumping gas, apparently. Yeah, like, like uh, uh, serious heat. You know what they should do is Hanswell Robles Foam Finger Day. Oh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But like, Point up to the sky, everybody. Well, and then they'll have... I, I think, while he's obviously... Neither of them are Andrew Miller, they're going to use Lugo and Gesellman as those kind of swing multi uh, Honestly, I like, I like Lugo. I, I really do. I think he has enough stuff to be good. But I think he's going to be a more effective... Both of them will be more effective relief pitchers, I think. I uh, We hope it's, so. There's a lot of options. We know someone's going to get hurt or underperform. Exactly. So, so it, it's it's going to be interesting. We with should them. just spend the next five minutes glowing in Ravika Selman's hair, though. What we should do is let's play some basketball. Can we talk about the national national anthem for just two seconds? <laughs> well, before that, let's talk about the Kumbaya Yankees first. <laughs> um. Right now, it's just how like how the Mets camp was last year. Um, yeah. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how everything pans out, and it's it's just it's everybody's going to be ready to watch batting practice every day, and it's just like it's going to get tiring real quick. Right. Well, like so, Sweeney Murdy, the WFAN guy, obviously we all know him from the Yankees, wrote an article today about how we're expecting a lot from Judge and Stanton, and how they shouldn't expect. As much, I, there have been forty-seven, fifty home run seasons in the history of baseball. Two of them were these two guys last year. It's gonna be tough to do that again. Like we need to be realistic. That it's twenty eighteen. There's no such thing as realistic, man. I think I think Stan can do it with the protection of Judge and, and Sanchez being also forget. Into it. Sorry, Dan. People also forget that Stanton was hurt every year before last season. So, I, I mean, I'm not wishing it on the guy. And, I'm, you know, you know, this is going to be I, – I don't want to like Judge, but I've liked Judge since last season. Cause you, you, it's a tough guy not to like. It's an exciting – We literally talked sport. about this every time he homered. How do we hate this? How can it's we hate impossible. this guy? And then he wore the shirt with the guy from the Sandlot on it, and I was like, I hate you so much. <laughs> but I don't hate you at the same time. And they're both very good for baseball. They're both good guys. Neither of them are like jerks or anything. But it's just going to be, you know, I think, one, we're expecting a lot. We should temper our expectations. But it's going to be fun to watch, but also not fun to watch. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's going to be interesting how Boone handles this team. Because that's the newest part of this team where... They were one game one game away from the World Series. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting how Boone handles the situation. When, how differently him and Girardi handle situ- certain situations. And it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I heard some interesting it can get, ones. It can, of, get ugly, it can get ugly this year. I heard some interesting ones of like people saying, there are people out there that believe that the Yankees are going to miss Girardi. Um, I guess we'll see. I yeah. I didn't I don't like the move personally. To I mean I don't think anybody really. I guess some people liked it. Maybe a lot of people bitched about Girardi the way he managed and the not challenging at the end of the season and whatnot. I I think 
with what was expected of that team, like we talk about, like how they rebuild lasted three months, I think he's a big part of the fact that they won 91 games last year. I think so, too. So, I mean, they, I, it's a big enough upgrade with just Stanton that should make up for it. But I'm still worried about their pitching. Their bullpen's obviously great, but their starters are still an issue. I Maybe this is, I'm just trying to convince myself, but. No, you are. <laughs> yeah, I am, because it's going to be that easy. They're going to win 95 games like it's their eyes closed. You're right, Dan. That the Boone coming in is definitely the biggest thing to watch. Because while he can kind of just roll the balls out and let them play, so to speak, you know, quote unquote, there's going to be a point where like a Steve Kerr type. Who you guys see that last week? Where oh, he's letting God. them coach themselves. He let he let what's his face coach. Draymond. No, it wasn't Draymond. It was, yes, it was. Uh, what's his face. He let was, the whole uh... team coach. He spent the game not coaching. Everybody yeah, know, on the every timeout, the entire t- each player took a chance in the coach's seat. Yeah, but it was because mostly he said, what's his face. Who was, it was who Draymond? Was MVP? No, who was the MVP last two years ago? Steph. Steph. No, the no the Iguodala. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they let him sit in the coach's seat, and he said after the game, "They're sick of my voice. Listen, they hear it every day. They're sick of it. Let them coach." Obviously, they're they're. This is going to be them for the, as long as this team is comp is like put together the way it is, the regular season doesn't mean anything. So why not have some fun? I know that... Who are they playing? The Sixers? No, the Suns. The Suns. The Suns were a little annoyed by it. Well, don't suck. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, he's right. Like, I, I, don't, I guess Steve Kerr's a good coach. He seems like a smart guy. But, I no, mean, he's not obviously a good coach, but he's... But I think anybody... a little can, overrated. Yeah, I, exactly. yeah, I think anybody can team. Got two of the top three NBA players in the league on the same team. I, Plus we, the other guys. We didn't do a show last week, and I, I don't think I brought this up to you guys. Did you hear, obviously he's done it before, but Bill Walton did one of their games the other day? Yeah. Uh, did, it was... They were playing yeah, they the... Did the, they did the flip-flop, yeah. Oh, it was switch. hilarious. Bill Walton... I miss Bill Warren doing funnest, baseball games. He used to guy. do NBC right. back in the day. Like before Vince time. There, there uh, he, so Luke, I don't know if I told, told you guys, Luke got thrown out of the Laker game. So they were doing like the, the into half recap. Like, oh, we're going to talk about, you know, this, this, and this. And Luke Walton got thrown out. And, da, da, da. and he goes, Luke got thrown out? And the guy goes, yeah. And he goes, I failed as a father. And I was like, <laughs> I, this guy just... It is the weirdest human being on the face of the earth, but it's it's hilarious. So with two L's. Um. Okay. Uh, you want to get into some hockey talk? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I guess. The Rangers, Rangers are on a fire sale. They sent out a letter one our, between our last two podcasts. Must be nice. I. I think that was. I thought it was a smart gesture. Because sure. obviously that the time was coming to an end, obviously, but it could be like the Yankees with the quick rebuild. It must be nice to have a forthcoming front office, right? Must be great. Yeah, yeah seriously. Um, um, but but I thought it was a smart move, and it's starting to happen. Let's see what they can get for Rick Nash and Ryan McDonough. If they can get, if they can get, yeah. The well, craziest so- thing is that they have like. You know, the asking price for these players are just ridiculous. Like, there's a rumor that the yeah. that Gar Snow turned down Josh Hosang in a first-round pick from the guy for, for the guy from Phoenix, the defensive player. That's the, not true. There is impossible that Gar Snow turned that down, and if he did, he should be fired and banned from right. the United States. But, like, there, I was looking up, I know it's the best defenseman in the league, what the, the Senators want for Eric Carlson. It's like... First born, two firstborn children. Yeah. Three third they, round, first round picks. They want five pieces. They want like a top prospect, a young roster player, two first round picks, or you have to take back Bobby Ryan's seven and a half year, seven and a half million dollar contract for the next five years. Yeah. So it's like Evander, Evander Kane is a rental player for two months where they want three first round picks or two first round picks, a, a top three prospect, and a current like, roster player. 
Like, like I can see the I can see the Rangers get rid of McDonough and get some good pieces to that too. Right, but they want somebody like the the somebody Not else. If they're more, asking for that. I think it's Ottawa wants like a first and a second for Derek Broussard. Like, no, thank you. Yeah, well, Sorry. that's crazy. Like, and Nick Holden, who's pretty much been a turnstile for the Rangers, got a decent pick. Right, he got a third round pick, right? He got a third round pick for a sixth, a sixth round play, a sixth defensive player. Now, so here's. The question I've been thinking of with the Rangers specifically, I don't know. Like you said, Dan, it could be a quick rebuild. I don't know what their plan it is. It could be. It could be in the in between rebuild because obviously they're losing. They're losing all that money with Nash and a bunch of other players with free right. agency. So, so I, it could be a quick turnaround. Especially, I know he's not having a great season. Obviously, he, he with his age is a little iffy, but with Halonko still in the net and with a couple of the key guys that they are going to keep, they could they could uh, be a quick fix if they, they, if they do everything right, which they should do. So that's what I was going to get to is Hank. He's got three more years on his contract, right? Yeah, that's going to be crazy. Three more years at 8 mil. If they're going to try to quote-unquote tank or rebuild, they have to get rid of him. He's too good. Oh, yeah. For them, they won't be able to tank. But they're not tanking. They're, it's retooling is a better right. way of saying. Right. I, it's got to be more of a retool. But by the time that happens, it could probably take two seasons. Now he's uh, in his oh, late, late, mid to late 30s. I think now it's, it would be tough. You'd really, this would really be selling and really be. Yeah, uh, no no one's taking Lundqvist's well, contract at the age. What I was going to say. If they're really right on the cusp to winning the cup, if they take on three mil of that contract, somebody will take Hank for five million a year. There's no oh, doubt. Yeah, de- oh, definitely. So if they really, I mean, they could get a hell of a lot back for. I mean, what is? What? How old is he now? Thirty-three. Thirty-five. Oh, okay. So maybe you might have to take half, like half that contract. But even four million. Four million is still like I said. That's com- that's committing to that rebuild, which. But I he already sure. he already said. Obviously, he said all the right things. It's basically an Eli Manning situation with Monquist. It's I, you're just stuck with him, and and, you, right. and honestly, what everything he's done for that franchise, you just got to deal with it. And it's I think it's going to be a shorter re- retool because this isn't a decision that you make over the course of one season. They they have made this decision probably. At the end, once the end of last season happened, I think more of it was the injuries this year, and they saw how bad they saw how bad the injuries were, and how crazy this division really is. So they were like, "Yeah, this is not happening this year. We might as well get." There's a lot of free agents on this team. Might as well get something back for it. Hopefully, they're what we get back is worth anything, and let's see what we got. But they wouldn't have traded Ranta if they. So this is going to be a long rebuild. Well, yeah, I think even though he he struggled in 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 uh, Arizona or whatever it is called now, it's he's still a, a probably a promising goalie. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's just one of those seasons. It's just <laughs> fifteen years of uh, being in the playoffs or one time not making the playoffs by one point. They owed it to the fans to say, hey. The season's on us, and uh, we're gonna find a way to fix it. It's nice. I lo- I like when the Giants send those emails out to season ticket holders. Granted, it's not ideal. Obviously, you want everybody to win, but it's nice being in the loop of those situations, and you know that the front office and ownership won't take it lightly, and they're gonna find the best possible way to fix it. So, you just gotta trust. The, the brass with this and see what happens. It's, it happened to work for the Yankees. Uh, let's hope it works for the Giants and Rangers. Um, but on to the Islanders. Uh, what's going on with them? I saw. I watched Monday's game because I was supposed to be at it, but I couldn't go. Uh, but it was a rough, another rough game that a lot of shots on net and just whatever. Which game? I, yeah, on Monday. Monday. Well, I, oh, I tweeted this. Work. I tweeted this yesterday, and it's this is by far the most one of the most frustrating seasons in like sports history for me personally, and I, I'm sure for all Islander fans, because 
you know, everybody, Iowa's Twitter goes nuts, and people complain that they suck. And yeah, they've been bad lately. They're, they don't suck. They're not a bottom of the conference team. They're, they're they a middle are, of the pack team. That's they're not... frustratingly mediocre. Yes. And it gets to the point where if they sneak into the playoffs, do people keep their jobs? But does it keep JT? And if they miss the playoffs, does JT leave? But does everybody lose their job? And it somehow, if we get out of this keeping Tavares and everybody loses their job, that's the ideal situation, regardless of making the playoffs or not. Because the idea you got to keep Tavares. If they, if, no matter what happens this season, no, I, Tavares has, has to come back. I've been a, a Doug Waite fan. I think he has the passion that I like out of a hockey coach, and he seemed to know what he was doing last year. But the complete either stubbornness or inability to adjust defensively. The Penguins team that won the Cup last year had a worse defense than we do now, by far. It was like Olimata and five AH and Ron Hainsey and four AHLers. And they didn't give up fifty shots a game. Regardless of who's on the on you know what forward lines they had, which the Islanders' offense is just as good as that team's offense, they they the inability to not give not even give up you know thirty shots a game, which would be high. They're giving up fifty shots a game. It's like unbelievable. It's unconscionable to me how this can continue to happen. It, it's one thing if it happened once every, like, 20 games or something. That's fine, whatever. It's, it's... routine. It's routine. Well, right. This is another thing I was talking about um, with somebody the other day. We've all rooted for bad teams in our life. Even bad teams have good games where they play well. This team hasn't played – this team has not won a game and outshot their opponent since 2017, since the middle of December of 2017. Every game they won, they get outshot, and if they outshoot somebody, they lose. Every time. It, Is that the same game Angela had scored? It might be. I don't know. <laughs> I, I kind of I count it. I count the Ranger game, but they won 7-2, the first one. of the, like the, the first day of you know, New Year's Day, or the second day, or January the 2nd. The second week. The second week of New Year's, after the bye week. Right, right after the first game after the bye week. They they got outshot, but they won seven to two. So fine, I'm going to count that as a good game. Since then, it hasn't happened. I, they had two shutouts the last two games. They still didn't play that well. Like I, they have to get rid of their GM. They have to stop hiring their best friends as coaches. I it just there needs to be a complete overhaul of the front office. Listen, we stopped with the the main guy, the Boston and Maine connection and. In the head coaching job now, right? But it's still everybody's friends. But does does JT want to stay? Now the Rangers will have cap room for him. The Canadians will have cap room for him. I, it's it's going to be interesting. It's I would love be... to just fast forward hockey to January to July first and see what the hell happens because this is just infuriating. I can't. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. It's like, it's, it's like similar to what uh. Zach Parisi was the Devils. Even it's though like, it's like the year JT... Stamkos. Yeah. Forget Parisi. So, Stamkos. Well, both of them. Both of them. But well, I, that's I the thing. Talked about, thought about Parisi because I saw him the other day. The, uh, but yeah. The Stamkos year, they went to the Cup Finals, or they went exactly. to the, that's the only they went to the Eastern Conference Finals without him, and then he was a free agent. That's a lot easier to stay. This is like they're with him, and he's playing as well as he has ever played. And he has the best complimentary pieces he has ever had, and they still can't do anything. I don't. But the reason the reason why I said Prezi because I don't know what Stamkos said, but I well, remember Prezi saying, "I, I want to be here. I want to be here." Blah blah blah, blah saying all the right things, and then obviously he went with the choice of going back home, which you can't knock him for. I but, can't knock him for that. But obviously, Devil fans are still very bitter about that. But that's that's why I brought up Prezi. Because obviously we've heard JT say all the right things, and it I, genu- I genuinely think he wants to stay, and I, he, I there hasn't. Ulti- yes, he ultimately wants to stay, but right. But winning is more important. Of I'll course, it's, but, it's so. It is. It's it's a double edged like, sword. And also, hockey players like leaving in their prime primes a la, you know, A Rod and free agency or whatever, you know, 
Kevin Durant, whatever. It doesn't happen. Like you said, Parise, Parise is like the only case in the past like 20 years. And it, didn't, it hasn't even worked out that well. The, the Wild have been bad. Oh, no, and he's been hurt all the time, too. Right. And Ryan Suter went with him, and he's been bad, too. I mean, he's better, but... So, like, I, there's not a huge um, history of it happening. So I'm hoping... I'm wishing on pure, just dumb hockey loyalty that he stays, and then they can figure it out from there. Because I really think they're only, like, a defenseman and a league-average goaltender away from being a serious contender. And... I, figuring out somebody on the third line. Yeah, the goal scoring's there. The t- defense and goaltending isn't, unfortunately. I mean, I would fl- like to think Josh Hosang's going to be back after the trade deadline, regardless of what moves they make. And a third line of him with Andrew Ladd and Brock Nelson, they're all enigmas, kind of, but they all the talent is clearly there. It could They could do something together. And then the fourth line... It's probably going to get reunited, let's be honest. They're probably going to trade for Matt Martin just because that's just what they're going to do. As long they as should. the Leafs, as long as the Leafs eat, he has a $2.5 million contract. At least eat half of that so that it's a $1.2 million contract, which is what he would he should have got anyway. I'm fine with it. Like, that's not, it's, an, it's nothing. But if that's the off, that's the traded line move, I mean, I'm just, I'm not even going on Twitter. Because people are just going to absolutely explode. Oh, yeah. It's not worth going on the aisles Twitter if that happens. They're, they're right. Wor- they're actually worse. Granted, most of them are Met fans. They are worse than Mets Twitter. Yeah, but, like, they're right at this point. Like, usually they're oh, just, yeah. uh, you know, like, they it's outbursts because it's outbursts. They're right about this one. Oh, yeah, I agree. Steven, you haven't said anything. What are your thoughts on the aisles? <laughs> I, I don't know. I wish, I wish, yeah, it's literally just one of the most frustrating things, like, who knows what's going to happen, I mean, nobody knows, Garcino can magically make the greatest trade of all time, but everyone's going to complain because he's going to give somebody up that nobody wanted him to give up. I'm sure, I'm, it's, in the event, let's say John Tavares leaves, God forbid, and doesn't go to the Rangers, they won't be in that bad of shape. Like, if, if they bring Josh Bailey back, you still have Matt Barzell. You still have two first-round picks this year that, are, that could possibly be two lottery picks because Calgary's right on the edge of the playoffs as well. I, they're not in that terrible of a shape, but obviously that would be devastating for the franchise. Oh, yeah. It's it's definitely one of those five-year five type of, like, oh, wow, what are we going to do kind of things. Yeah. It'd be the first. It'd be the first time in I think at least my fandom that it really happens because like Reyes left, but we all knew that it was going to happen. Like they didn't even offer him a contract. This is going to be like a legit, you know, somebody turns down the team and you know, it's going to be tough. It will be tough. Uh, once again, thanks to Rich for joining us today. Baseball season is back. Spring training is in full swing. Every team is Thank in full swing. God. Um, a lot of fantasy baseball stuff coming up soon. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of social media, of course. Make sure you're following us. Uh, we got the second annual Landon Collins event, June 9th. Uh, get your tickets. Go to Joe, our friend, license plate guy's uh, Instagram, Twitter page. The link in his bios. I think Landon Collins has it as well on his pages. Uh, we're always sharing it, so make sure you get your tickets uh it's all going to the j foundation as it did last year which is always helpful with kids with cancer um of course we're going to be there as well um anything else boys no enjoy uh enjoy your week enjoy the uh, rest of the olympics and you know we'll we'll probably the next time we'll talk to you we'll be uh Past the hockey trade deadline? When is oh, the we trade? completely forgot to say our thoughts and prayers are with um, Florida. Uh, the, Florida as well. I know it's, uh, it was terrible, obviously. Um, I wish I could we could say more about it, but it's... There's uh, nothing to say. Everything's exactly. unfortunately been said, and it's it seems yeah. like these kids are trying to make a difference in the world. I mean, oh, yeah, they it's do. really amazing what they're doing with the situation they were handed with so that's obviously a first time you ever seen that kind of thing that was publicized so hopefully this helps 
So with that we being said, we can go on a high note, Dan. I'm yeah. sorry, I, I sorry, completely forgot about it. No, it's good. We needed to mention it. We needed to mention it. Um. So with that, we will see you guys in a couple weeks. Are you still mixing station gas and oil for your string trimmer, leaf blower, or chainsaw? Eliminate the mess and the guesswork with True Fuel, the original pre-mixed two-cycle fuel. True Fuel is ethanol-free and precision-engineered for small engines, improving performance, and extending the life of your outdoor power equipment. And True Fuel is available for both two- and four-cycle engines. Empower your equipment with True Fuel. Available at your local home and garden center today.